Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks where we believe that true life and peace of mind comes through a growing relationship with Jesus. This is our More Than Enough series where we really truly believe that we can go past just knowing Jesus, but we can really grow into the love that he has for us in a deeper and better way. And so we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by this series. And so here is today's talk. A series called More Than Enough, a song that they just sang called More Than Enough, and let me bring you up to pace because ultimately when Jesus Culture released their worship album a while back, what was it, the uh, beginning of September or in August or whatever, I heard that song, the God of More Than Enough is living inside me, and something just illuminated, and we, uh, you know, had our talks planned out talking about that we just finished the series that you're ready enough. And I was like, man, what a great thought to jump from ready enough into more than enough, the God of more than enough. Because I think oftentimes don't we settle for just knowing Jesus? And maybe you've yet to even get to that point. You're still trying to figure out who is Jesus. That's awesome. You're in the right place. But those of us that have made a decision to say, okay, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life, Savior of my life. I choose to follow you. And then we're just like, knowing you is good enough. But we serve the God of more than enough, where he wants to take us from just knowing him to growing in our relationship with him. So how do we do that? And why do we settle and we kind of want to unpack this prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 that gives us that concept of more than enough. And we want to pair it up with following the disciples' lives and seeing some stories that will illuminate the prayer Paul is praying in the true life occurrences of some of Jesus' followers to help us glean how today can we be followers that believe in the God of more than enough. Let's read the passage to kind of get it set up. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 says this. When I think of all this, you could read Ephesians 1 through 3, 13 to get to what he is referring to there. When I think of all this, it's the whole first portion of Ephesians. I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources... He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Here's the two kicker verses right here. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think, or as some translations would say, than we could ask or imagine. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul's concluding this first portion of Ephesians with this incredible address, reflecting and summing up, and we want to hone in on this. Today's big idea 
is God is able to accomplish more than we ask or think. He's the God of more than enough. And he's living inside those of us who choose to follow him. A power beyond our own natural strength is at work within us. And if God is longing to do more than we ask or think, why are we content with just knowing Jesus? I know him. Well, have you, have you got to know him better? Or are you in a growing relationship? Well, you know, we know each other. I don't know if you have people you say, I know. You know, you've met them once or maybe they've, you've followed them on Facebook. Yeah, we're, me and the Biebs, we're tight. We were in an elevator together once, you know. Way back, his hair was tats, you know. I don't know. What does it take for you to say you know somebody versus, man, we're close. What would it be like to get closer? We settle, don't we? When we know through our thought life and prayer life, we could grow closer. Why do we settle? Why do we feel content to live with, I'd say, the status quo of faith, which is just enough and not more than enough? I think we have this opportunity to unpack our faith a little bit and watch God do some pretty incredible things through us and in us if we'll just start to dwell on the potential of God. So one of the classic stories, it's one of those kind of funny stories to me, but yet power stories in the Gospels. These guys are following Jesus around, and, and they're called his disciples. And, and so he's, he's teaching them up close through life illustration how to follow him. And, and one of these classic stories is in Matthew 14, 24 through 33. And it's Peter uh, kind of going outside of what would definitely be enough and asking a crazy question of Jesus. Listen, I'll read it. It's Matthew 14, 24 says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. They're in a boat. They had sailed off after this moment with Jesus, and Jesus said, I'm going to stay and pray. You guys go. They went out to sea, and they're in trouble. Far away from land, strong wind had risen their way. They were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter. I mean, if you read the Gospels very much, that's a constant phrase, right? There's some moment that happens in the lives of the disciples. Everybody around Jesus, things are happening, and it's like, well, then Peter. I don't know if you have a then Peter friend. You know, they're the guys that always go first. They get in trouble. They're instinctive. Well, Peter's that guy in this crowd. So then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. 
Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him. You have little faith, Jesus said. Why do you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. This story, this story right here, to me, jumps out as a prime example of what it is to follow Jesus. It's not having a safe, secure, smooth life. It's, it's in the storms of life. It's when it's the wettest and the messiest and the windiest that Jesus shows up and he's like, I told you, surely I'm going to be with you always. He shows up in the face of the storm. They were in trouble. What season were they in? A troubled season. They had gone too far from shore to turn back. They were fighting the wind and the waves. I don't know if you find yourself in those moments in life where it's just like, I'm in trouble. I'm far away from everything that feels safe. There's fighting all around me. And that's when he walks up. That's when he shows up. They wanted the storm to stop. They wanted the trouble to go away. But Jesus knew what they really needed was his presence. He shows up on the water. And one of them got to walk on water. This instinctive dude named Peter. If it's you, let me come to you on the water. Now, I'm not sure if he was expecting the answer he got to that question, right? I, where was his belief and expectancy in that? But only one of them got to walk on the water. While the majority of those in the boat were filled with fear, Peter thought, if Jesus can do it, why not ask if I can do it? Jesus has yet to tell them, greater things than I've done, you will do. So he's just like ahead of the game, right? Man, if you can, I can. God is able to accomplish more than we ask or imagine. I'm sure that there is more to the story that we don't have the privilege to read. Um, I mean, put yourself in that boat, and which character are you going to be? Are, are you going to be the one in fear that's like, that has to be uh, something of our imagination, that has to be a ghost, it has to be a spirit, what's on the water, right? And you're freaking out a little bit. Now you're afraid of the storm. You're afraid of whoever's on the water, and you're afraid the other disciples are going to know what you just did in your pants, right? You're just like, ah! <laughs> is, it, is the water warmer to anybody else in here? Because that would be terrifying. Do not be afraid. This is like, okay, that's TMI, Thad. Can you not tell my kids not to make potty jokes? And there you are, right? Sorry. The other disciples were afraid of the wind and the waves, and like all the other disciples, he realized they had gone too far from the land, and like all the other disciples, he was sure they would not see Jesus in the middle of the storm. But when the others in the boat shouted ghost, something in Peter asked for something impossible. Just, it came from within him, right? And it's that that same power that's at work within us, the Holy Spirit. And he had just witnessed this moment before this scene. 
Jesus took five loaves of bread and some fish and fed thousands. They just saw the most incredible miracle performed by Jesus that they were a part of. They had collected 12 baskets of leftovers after the miracle feeding of the 5,000, right? And so they're, they're getting in the boat after that. This is what this is after. And so now they're on the, the water. So maybe Peter was like, I just saw what happened there. If that's Jesus, I can walk to him. But Jesus says, yes, come. After Peter asked for something impossible, Peter asked for something beyond what the others were willing to ask. And he got out of the boat. He was able to walk on water. Sure, he sank. But I remember we, a great evangelist that would come and speak for our camps always said this quote when reading this passage. I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. And even in the sinking, we find the truth that Jesus will still be with us always. And he reaches down and grabs Peter out of the water. He didn't just let him sink. Well... There went his faith. Anybody else want to try it? Peter, blah, 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 blah. no, he didn't do that. He grabbed him by the hand. That's what he'll do if we step out of the boat and put our faith at risk. So why not go after the more than moments instead of settling for enough? Have you asked any questions that would just be crazy if God answered them with a yes? Have you prayed crazy prayers that if he answered them with a yes, you'd go, what? Right? That's the challenge we're put to here. Why not? Why not? Why hold back? Let's ask to walk on the water. What is holding us back from asking for healing? What is holding us back from asking for our neighbors to find and follow Jesus? What is holding us back from asking for a bonus or searching out a new job and trusting God's opening the doors or, or that new house or a better price for our sale or for our house to finally close or whatever the questions are. I know some of you are praying for that actually right now. You're like, please, Lord, help this. Um, what is holding us back from asking for forgiveness? What is holding us back from loving all people no matter where they're at in their faith journey? in their knowledge or their history with God. God's able to accomplish more than we ask or think. So let's think today. I want us to think. Two thoughts that we have and then an action point. And then we'll go see if Russell Wilson has outscored Lynch today. Thought one, know God better. Know God better. Colossians 1.10 says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. You'll grow when you learn to know God better and better. You'll grow when you read your Bible every day, better and better. You'll grow when you apply what you're reading in the Bible, better and better. You'll grow when you pray and see how those prayers impact the realities around you. You 
better and better. John 15, 5 says it this way, and we've repeated this verse. We've shared this verse a few times with you. It says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. For apart from God. We have visited this this passage quite a few times for good reason. Because apart from Jesus... We're just us, which isn't bad, you got to realize. We're created in the likeness and image of God. That's a great thing. Like we have gifts that he's put within us. If we never get to the point where we realize Jesus is the savior of the world and put our faith in him, we can still be incredible humans. That's why you know a ton of people that are incredible people that aren't followers of Jesus. We're all created in his likeness and image. Bible makes that clear. But when we figure out that we're made for a purpose and that the Holy Spirit can live within us and that there's something greater than us that can come alive and make a difference in the world around us, whoa, then all of a sudden we could do abundantly more than all we ask or think because of God, not because of us. He comes alive through us. So we have this, this reality that apart from Jesus, we'll just be the best version of a human we could be. But with Jesus, we can do abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. Isn't that kind of crazy to think? The more we know God better, the more we realize we can do nothing. (laughs) It's like more humbling. Man, I guess the more I know of God, the more I realize I need him. I need his grace. Knowing God is humbling. It it really ultimately shows us how small we are versus how big we thought we were, right? Knowing God and knowing more about God helps us realize that we have limits and that the only way we can live an unlimited power and life is through Jesus. Luke 18, 27 says, what is impossible for people is possible with God. And that has to be the source of confidence the author had when writing Philippians, Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Everything. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I alone cannot do all things, but the God to whom nothing is impossible, through the God whom nothing is impossible through, I can do all things. When we know God better, We have the mindset to expect more of life. We begin to expect the impossible. And we walk in faith day in, day out. We have this what-if mindset. Thought two, think on it. Think on it. It's interesting. Like, God has given us the power to think. We can think. And oftentimes, our thoughts precede requests. Like, we'll start to think about something until we just have to ask. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says this about thoughts. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. 
everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Man, the Bible challenges us to think. Not just to blindly follow. I don't know if anybody's ever told you when you've invited them to church. Man, you know, you'll, something's going on in my world. I've been going to church. It's really impacting me. Oh, dude, church is just for those who want to blindly follow hope. You know, if you, that's, that's something I've been told. You know, Christians are just blindly following a misleading concept that's ancient. And you're going, I don't think so. Like, I think we're, we're thinkers. Like, I found my way to following Jesus at the age of 21 by becoming a thinker, a grower, a learner, a reader. The Bible challenges us to think. And that thought and that growth grows our relationship with Jesus. When you know, when you, when, when you go from growing your knowledge and you know that Jesus is the healer, then all of a sudden you have the courage to pray for healing. When you know that he heals the sick and he gives sight to the blind and he's raised the dead and you start to read these things, you're like, then I could pray for some crazy stuff. If I can Im imagine that. <laughs> when, you know from, uh, when you know from growing or go from, you know, growing your, your kingdom on, on earth kind of mindset, like, okay, Jesus came to earth. And he brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. And now I have the opportunity to live out this, this thing called being a Christian on earth as like I am God's presence on earth around me. That's kind of a big thing. Then I can ask for some pretty big stuff for him to reveal himself. And you start to think big. Again, some translations say instead of the word think, they say imagine. Man, if I start to imagine what God could do, the more I know about what he can do, my imagination is challenged to go even farther. I don't know if this is making sense to you, but if we just spent some time imagining, Scripture might call it meditating, but if we take some time to imagine what God could do in our world, what would happen if I could mentally imagine and see my neighbor thriving and living life to the full and having peace of mind because they make a decision to follow Jesus? What if I could pray for my coworker who's been struggling with health to be healed and actually see that coming to pass and like, oh my word, they were healed. What would happen if people would ask for, for help before trying to escape and take their lives? What if we imagined a generation without multiple suicides a day and began to pray for that? What would be possible if, gener if, if we just started to imagine incredible generosity and God providing for things that are just right out there before us and unattainable whether it's solving homelessness, if you drive through a freeway in Seattle and you just see to the left and the right and begin to imagine a city that can find a solution to the homelessness issues, that God would divinely place an answer upon them. We need to be asking for this. We must also trust that the Holy Spirit will put thoughts into our hearts 
Not just our own mindset, not just that we're great thinkers, but then all of a sudden we'll think of something totally original and divinely put in us through the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're dreaming, you wake up and you just had a dream that you were walking the streets of Indonesia serving refugees from Afghanistan. I'll tell you the interpretation of that dream. You're supposed to go on the missions trip to Sarabaya, Indonesia and sign up by next Sunday because one of the things they're doing right now is serving an Afghan refugee location right inside Indonesia. Like Afghani Muslims transplanted into the highest population of Muslim country right inside Sarabaya and all of a sudden what do they discover? Jesus, whom they've never heard about and they start surrendering their life to Jesus, sharing their faith amongst one another, and now God's speaking to them about going back to Afghanistan, where their lives will surely be taken, but to share the gospel in the window they have before that moment occurs. What? Maybe you wake up and you've just had a dream that you were painting a basketball court and just unconditionally loving people and everybody around you is speaking mm, Spanish. Dominican Republic missions trip. You're supposed to sign up for that by next Saturday, right? It's like because they're doing acts of service in partnership with three different churches each year to grow a partnership with 12 different churches because they were inspired by a church that partners with their community and serves their city in such a present manner that they're gaining favor and inroads so that the love of God can be brought to people. And they said, open life, you've inspired us. Will you come and do the same things you're doing in your community and ours in the Dominican Republic? But God will put dreams on us. Maybe it's not that specific. Maybe you picture your empty bed having a kid in it, and you're like, foster care. God will speak to us with divine moments, and then we start to pray different prayers. We start to ask things that are beyond our power. <laughs> now it's going to occur. There's nothing like the power of God sharing with us something that is beyond us. And I, I love those moments. I love when we start to have those divine thoughts and stuff. And it's like, I tell you, the area that I am able to share those and kind of start to unwrap those and pack, unpack those and challenge one another in is, is in the, the life of our group. I mean, we have the opportunity to share what's going on in prayer requests every week, but just to be able to, to, be able to say, man, I've been thinking about this, and man, I'm, this is what I'm praying for. And that trusted space of a small group gives us the opportunity to watch God do some pretty incredible things in our lives. The value of trusted community. I love the power of a faith-filled room and what we're encouraging each other to do, which leads us to our action point. We've come into a faith-filled room to be encouraged to do something, and that is begin to ask for these things. I'll never forget preaching through a series about risk as a youth pastor, one of the churches we pastored in, and we were challenging students to, to why not risk? Why not risk God's reputation through your prayers. Like, it's his reputation. He's the one who told us we could pray for bold things and ask, and he'll do immeasurably more than all we ask or think. Put his reputation on the line. 
So we were challenging students and we did a practical application like we do every week here in Action Point and something that you could do this week. And I was like, this week, if somebody tells you they're sick, stop and like, don't just tell them you'll, you'll pray for them or hey, I'm praying for you. Why don't you stop and do something the Bible challenges us to do? Just put your hand on them and say, can I pray for you right now? And watch the weird meter trip. <laughs> Maybe it's in a hallway or a lunchroom or at work or probably not while you're driving through the window to the person next to you. I mean, you could do that at times on the freeways. But it's like, you know, just like let's, let's and, you, and so these students go out, and I'll never forget one of them coming back the next day. Pastor Thad, you wouldn't believe what happened. I'm like, what? A friend of mine was having the worst day. They were just like, and they're like, are you okay? What's wrong? I just feel horrible. I've had this call, and it's just like, I can't even focus. I just feel awful. And it was one of those days, and she was like, oh, crud. The challenge last night, right? It was like it just came back to her, and she was at school, and it, it was in the middle of school, and she's just like, oh, no, I'm put in this moment where I'm either going to just walk away from the talk I heard last night and I raise my hand, yes, I will do this moment, or I'm going to do this. And so she decided to just do it. And so she said, Pastor Dad, so I just said, can I pray for you? And I didn't even tell her what I was doing. I just put my hand on her shoulder, and I prayed that God would take the cold away and would heal her. In that moment, she was well. And she was like freaking out. And, uh, and so they were freaking out. And I was like, God says he's gonna, it, he could do this stuff. Will it happen every time? Prob I, probably no. I wish it would. Do I understand why it doesn't? No. All I know is it can if we ask. And so you look at this moment, and that was like faith for her. It was awesome. And I sit here and I dwell on something like this and I go, man, maybe it's not an extreme miracle like that. It's just the miracle that we would finally grab that invite within our worship guide and hand it to the person we've been thinking of coming to church with us. That could be, God, give me the courage. I just, I need to do this because I've been praying for them. Or maybe you've yet to pray for the person you want to bring. And you start to pray for somebody by name because you're like, man, I know they would get through this season of their life if they knew Jesus. Maybe your prayer will be for your, your neighbor to come to church or maybe your prayer will be for your family to begin building each other up instead of tearing each other down. Or maybe your prayers, what you're asking for will be for your marriage to come alive again and you'll live in oneness instead of being undivorced in your home. Maybe your prayer will be for a friend or someone you can confide in because you just don't have anybody you're doing life with. Maybe your prayer will be for deliverance from a habit that's been plaguing you. Begin asking for things. That's what we're being challenged to do. Begin asking. Just begin thinking. God wants to do immeasurably more than what you can ask or think. I'll tell you what I'm praying for. I'm praying for people that would lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Because I think this world is overwhelming. And we have the way to true life and peace of mind and need to share it. And that's in a growing relationship with Jesus. There's thousands and tens of thousands of people that do not have what we have the opportunity to invite into our life. And that's the presence of God.
I'm praying for people that would be connectors, that would connect with God and each other. I'm praying for people that would be unconditional servers of people, praying for people that would share with God and each other their life, their journey. My prayer is that people who hate the church would find themselves loving open life because they have been genuinely loved by you. Served without conditions by you. And this reality is, wow, there's no agenda. I just got a meal. Man, there's no agenda. I I was handed a backpack with food in it, and I'm going to eat this weekend. There's no agenda. This church just supported the foster community by helping find a location and host a retreat. This, wow, there's no agenda. I just found this group of men that I could pray with and be held accountable by. The things I'm praying for. Begin to ask these things. Begin to ask that families that have been separated would be brought back together. Is anybody ready to watch home alone? Come on, the neighbor's got a shovel. He looks creepy, but he just needs to reunite with his son, right? Okay, too early for Christmas. My girls were trying to convince me that I need to order the Hallmark streaming station already because Thanksgiving movies are now on there instead of just Christmas. I thought I was holding out till October 27th when the first Christmas one comes out, but they're like, the Thanksgiving movies matter. No. Anyway, um, and then I quote a Christmas movie here. Can I pray for you today? Worship team, you can come out unless you're locked out. I don't know. Anyway, is the door unlocked? Yeah, there they come. Um, the, I want to pray for you to just have the courage to think and ask. But I also want to pray for the needs that are here today. And maybe you came and you're not well and, and you need healed. You know, wow. It would be crazy to talk about a God who can heal and not pray for that. <laughs> that would be a fail, I think, maybe in that moment. Maybe you've been sensing to be active with your faith and you just haven't stepped out. Well, we have the opportunity to pray for that today. So I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray that we would experience more, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine today. So God, I thank you for everybody who was able to make it today. I thank you that you are stirring up within us a faith that is beyond just knowing you. But maybe for some in this room, it is knowing you. And and today is that day they're like, okay, I'm going to go from just being an acquaintance with Jesus to saying, I choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to check that box on my Connect card and and begin to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Getting beyond the status quo, getting beyond enough and jumping into this relationship that is life-giving and ultimately helps me experience abundantly more than I can imagine out of life. God, I pray that those who walked through these doors of this school that we call church today with needs would find their needs being divinely impacted. God, I pray for those that are are physically needing healing today, that you would touch their bodies, that you would do a miracle in them, that God, you, you don't just reserve that for yesteryears in the scriptures, but today you can as well heal our body.
And so I pray for the sick here today. I pray that God, you would touch our bodies. You would, you would come and, and just bring everything into alignment. That we would be whole. That God, you would, re, you would reconnect and reignite relationships within families. Whether it be marriage, whether it be with siblings, whether it be parent to kids that have been not spoken to each other. God, I pray for those that are mourning, that you will comfort them, that you will come and give them a peace that is beyond understanding and help them experience you through peace today. God, I pray for those looking for work. May you provide for that. God, I pray for those looking to close their home finally that they've been pursuing and God will you give them that breakthrough they need whether it's the sell of an old home the close of a new home for those who need a home God will you provide that as well there's so many needs here Lord we lift our lives up to you and we ask you to call us out of the boat and live lives that experience more than we can ask or think in Jesus name I pray Amen. Jaden will come and close us in a second. I just want you to dwell on what God's stirring in you as the worship team sings today. Thanks once again for listening or watching to today's talk, either through the Open Life Church app or through iTunes. You know, at any time you can fill out a connect card. If you're listening on the app or watching on the app, you just click the button below the video screen. But if you're listening on iTunes, you can fill out a connect card by going to bit.ly slash olconnect, all lowercase, and fill out a connect card there. And we would just love to connect with you and pray about any prayer requests that you write down on there if you so choose. Once again, we want to thank you for connecting with us. Have a wonderful day, an incredible week, and we'll see you around again soon.